Hey friends, you are listening to Real Talk with Rachel, and I'm your host, Rachel Gilbert. This show is a safe and often fun space with real conversations to help you live, breathe, and pursue your God-given dreams. In today's episode, we are chatting with Sarah Philpott about the growing season. Be sure to stick around until the end of the show for a short segment where I share counselor-approved strategies to take this Real Talk episode and make it relevant in your everyday life through simple action steps. Now, if you follow me over on Instagram, my handle there is at Rachel J. Gilbert, you may have seen me share about Sarah's devotional on this topic of the growing season. It has just been such a blessing to me, and I know that you're gonna love this conversation that I had with Sarah, but first, let me tell you a little about Sarah in case you don't know her already. Sarah Philpott is the ECPA award-nominated author of Love Baby, 31 Devotions Helping You Grieve and Cherish Your Child After Pregnancy Lost. Actually, I wrote a blog post on that several years ago when that book first came out because I have had a miscarriage. And if you're listening today, we did not talk about that particular book or about pregnancy loss. But if that's you, I highly recommend that book. And I just wanted to insert that about that real quick before I tell you more about Sarah. So her newest release is called The Growing Season. And it's a year of down on the farm devotions. Now you can visit with Sarah on her website. That website is allamericanmom.net. That'll be in the show notes today. Uh, She writes about her family, life on a cattle farm in the South, and learning to cherish God's provision in joy and sorrow. And a fun fact about her, she doesn't share desserts, which I actually love that that line was in her professional bio, because you know that one of the questions I ask all of my guests is for them to tell me a fun fact about them that's not in their professional bio. And Sarah included that in her professional bio. So that might be my favorite line I've read in a a professional bio. You are going to love Sarah. You're going to get to know another, you know, a little more in depth on that fun fact about her. And you're just going to love this conversation. One more thing I just want to say before we jump into the interview, I'm excited about March because I feel like God has given me the word grow and he didn't just give it to me for me. I felt like he gave it to me as a leader of this podcast and of this community. It's for you too. So on Monday mornings, when you tune in to this show and you listen to those short talk therapy sessions, they're all going to be about growth. So make sure you tune into those. So how fun that we get to kick off with the guest talking about the growing seasons. So go ahead and help me welcome Sarah to the show right now. Well, hello, Sarah. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Rachel. It's a pleasure to chat with you today. I'm excited to talk to you because I actually connected with you in the online space several years ago when you wrote your first book, Loved Baby, correct? Is that your first book? That's correct. Yes. Yes. I remember connecting with you then. Yes. That was my first book. Yeah. And I believe that was before the days that I had a podcast. So I did a blog post on the book and that book really blessed me. And I still share that book with other people. And so I was excited when I saw that you wrote another book because I'm just a big fan of your work. Um, Before we chat about this most recent book that you wrote, I love to ask my guests, what is a random or fun fact about you that we would not have just read on your professional bio? Um, A random fun fact about me would be that I do not like to share desserts. I get nervous when it's time to have dessert and someone wants to just share one with me. I want to, it's like a, um, 
an issue of territory. How much do I get? How much do they get? So our motto around here is everybody gets their own desserts. You know, I can relate to that because there's part of me that wants to taste everybody's, but then there's another part of me that I'm a slow savoring eater, you know, like I'll take a bite and I'll kind of have a break. And then I feel like my husband's not that way. (laughs) He just goes for it. And I'm like, Hey, hold on. I've had one bite and you've had five. Yeah. So I, I feel you on that. Oh, that's a really good fun fact. I like that. Okay. So let's talk about your book that released um, a couple months ago. It's called The Growing Season, and it's a year of down-on-the-farm devotion. So let's start by saying, tell us a little about you and your household. You guys live on a farm, is that correct? That's correct. I live in East Tennessee, and we live on a farm. Um, I think out West, you might call it a ranch. What's the difference between a farm and a ranch? You know, um, just in Tennessee, we mainly call them farms, but we have cattle, we have crops. But the most important thing I have are four children. My oldest is 11. Then I have a an eight-year-old, a five-year-old, and a one-year-old. And my husband and I are high school sweethearts. And this is our life out here in East Tennessee. Um, we just love this open air space. How long have you guys lived on the farm then? It is my husband's family farm. So we have lived here since we got married. We'll be married 18 years this coming year. So I've lived here for 18 years, but I also grew up on a farm. So that's always been part of my lifestyle. Okay. We've been married 17 years this year too. So that's interesting because I was curious whenever I started to read your story, you know, if you got like, you know, uprooted from the city and out to the farm life, or if you just always been used to that, because I know that could be a big change if not. So what is your favorite part of living on the farm? I love so many aspects of the farm. And one of the things is I just love being outside in nature and getting to see all of the seasons as they pass, getting to see the the leaves in the, in the fall time, in the winter, how it's a little bit bigger in, but the, the fields are just kind of awaiting their rest for the crops to be planted. And then in spring, when we start the planting and everything starts springing forth in the summertime is when we um, start our harvest here. And I just love living and seeing all of this beauty of God's creation. That would definitely be my favorite part of living on a farm. And it also, it brings about so many um, just experiences that my children get to have. I can imagine, you know, I grew up in Northeast Oklahoma. We didn't have a farm, but we did have lots of land and animals. And um, I did not appreciate that enough until I moved into the city and didn't have that. And it is just a different pace of life. It's a different just even now to this day, I love when I'm able to get out into the country. And so here's a quick question I have for you before we start diving into what you've learned about the Lord. And as you have, you know, watched your own farm come to life and what we can learn about seasons of life. If somebody's listening today and they've never lived out in the country, do they, will this book apply to them? Will they be able to glean from it still? Absolutely, because there's so many analogies in the Bible between farming and the land and and seeds and crops and our spiritual lives. So I feel like this book is written for everyone because it's really just going to bring that to life. So they'll have some images of stories in their minds of really what the Bible might be saying about pruning and about planting. So it, it brings it to life. And I've had a lot of people 
who don't live on a farm tell me that this book is just really resonating with them, whether they're a mom or or they're not a mom and whether they um, of many ages that are lacking the book as well, because it especially those who kind of have an affinity for farm life, even if they don't live on a farm. But, you know, they like watching the, the television shows about farming and farmhouses. But so, yeah, I think anybody's going to enjoy it. Yeah, I agree. I just wanted them to hear it from you too, because I'm like, yeah, I don't want anybody to look at the book title and think, oh, well, that doesn't apply to me. Yes, it does, because uh, there's so much to be learned from the different seasons. So let's go through each season real quick, because you mentioned there's just so much to be even about our, our Christian life, you know, and our spiritual walk with the Lord. So I want to go through each of the seasons and have you kind of share what you see happening in the natural, uh, in the farm world, but then that applies to our spiritual life. So of course, let's start with winter. We're currently in winter as we're recording this. Um, and I actually, I, I find it interesting. I, I've shared a podcast before kind of on this topic of seasons. And I hung out on winter a lot, which was weird because winter is my least favorite season, but it's it's important. So let's talk about winter a little bit. <laughs> oh, yes. So yes. So that's one of the, the great parts, especially living here in the South, is we get, for the most part, all four seasons. So when I think of winter, I laugh because even though I grew up on a farm, I wasn't always familiar with all the farm vocabulary and everything that went on. And we'd pass by a field and I'd ask my husband what was growing in it. And he'd say, oh, it's fallow. Well, I thought that meant that the crop was, it was some kind of weird wheat or soybeans or something like that. And it wasn't until later when I started looking in the Bible and reading that I had that aha moment of me, of realizing that fallow, a fallow field just means that the fallow field is resting. There is not even a crop necessarily planted for harvest. It's the field is literally taking a rest. And so in the wintertime, I look out, for example, our our corn field or where we plant pumpkins and it's, it's resting. And I think in our spiritual lives, we need to rest to some, don't we, Rachel? Mm -hmm. That is um, something I think is as women that it's hard for us to realize that we have to rest in order to fill our souls back up, to be able to give, to bloom, to prosper, that that is an important step that even plays out in the natural world. So I love seeing now fallow fields in the wintertime because it just reminds me that, you know, even the world, even the natural world has to take a break sometime. And, and so do we. Fallow fields. I just learned a new term. I really like that. And what would happen then? Let's pretend for a second that a farmer was like, you know what, field, you don't get a, you don't get to have a fallow field. We're we're <laughs> gonna plant something. What would even happen in that? Well, it would depend on what was planted because sometimes a crop can give nutrients back to it. But if you kept planting the same thing over and over and just kind of use that field, um, just overused it, then all the nutrients are literally going to be taken away from the soil. You have to let it rest. You have to. Um, also make sure to to fertilize it and i think that plays into our spiritual lives as well is giving some goodness back to the soil so that the soil can therefore be used for growth so overuse is definitely something that's going to take all the nutrients out of the soil it's just exactly the same as what happens to us yeah okay now let's make this practical what about the ladies listening who are going, yeah, I definitely, I need some rest. I definitely feel like I've been overdoing it. 
What are some practical tips for especially the busy moms? I mean, you have four kids, so you get it. How do you honestly get some rest in your world? Well, you want to, um, if we skip ahead just a little bit to spring, which is the next month after winter, because in the springtime, right after wintertime, I think this really pertains to how can we take a rest throughout our lives all the time. And that pertains to pruning. We have to prune our lives. So in the springtime, we have blackberries, for example. And this, we do not have blackberries to make large crops to sell. We just have some crops that are just for fun. And the blackberries are that for us. And one day we were, we were pruning the blackberries and my husband was out there and my kids were out there and we were having a lot of fun. And I just finally said, you know, why are we doing this? Why are we pruning these? Because Rachel, we were not only pruning the dead vines, but we were also pruning some vines that to me looked pretty green and good. And my husband looked at me and he was like, well, to grow a little, you got to cut a little. And it was one of those moments when it just all made sense because like that busy mom that you just mentioned, how can we talk about taking a rest? I was in that situation where I had just overbooked myself. I had overbooked my capacity of of not only being a mom, but I just said yes to too many things all the time. And I was stressed and overwhelmed. And my husband had gone on to say about those vines that if we keep all those good vines, then the the main vine will just become, he used the words stressed. And then he said, and then they can't bear fruit that we have to clip away so that the plant has room to breathe so that the plant can see the sunshine. That way the plant can prosper and we can have those good, you know, blackberries that we love. And so I think when we put that on our spiritual lives and practically put that in our lives as busy women, that we just really need to kind of constantly being taken, take inventory of our lives and realize that sometimes we're going to have to say no to things. Sometimes we're going to have to step back and even um, say no to things that we've already said yes to, because otherwise our, our vines are going to just become stressed and we, we can't get to the light. We can't bloom. We can't prosper. And um, sometimes that means that we're going to have to, prune some of the good things of our lives. It's not necessarily just things that are bad for us that need pruning, but good things in our lives as well. Well, I feel like we could hang out here the whole time because I know every single person listening, myself included, goes, yep. And I don't know about you, but I feel like I'm having to prune always. <laughs> Sometimes yes. I'm like, Lord, didn't I just say no to a whole bunch of stuff? How how did my schedule already fill back up? And it's just crazy to me how it sneaks in. And then before you know it, you know, you look at your schedule for the week and you're going, what just happened? How did this, how did we get here? And I, I feel like I'm just constantly pruning. So let's get practical for the listeners for a second. For you, what does that look like practically when you start to go, oh, I need to do some pruning. You mentioned even the good things. I mean, I think it's easy for us to prune away the bad things or not bad, but you know, things like you know, watching too much Netflix or something like that one's easy to see, you know, it's kind of like, okay, yeah, that one probably could go, but saying no to maybe things that look like good, good opportunities or things like that. So what does pruning look like practically for you? So I think for me, you know, we live on a farm, so it's very seasonal. So certain seasons are extremely busy and my husband may be out super late at night. And so I am, you know, all on my own as a mom, um, doing all the things with our four kids 
For example, when I know that there is a busy scene season that I'm not going to have a lot of help, I prune some things that are really good and just give myself a lot of grace. So for example, if I know that it is a week where he is going to be out in the hayfield till midnight and that I am doing good just to get the kids fed and bathed and, um, and get their homework accomplished that I may decide that, you know what, this is not the week that I'm going to cook home cooked meals. And I just give myself the grace that, Hey, I'm going to prune that for this week. And we may eat some things that aren't necessarily what I would consider gourmet. We may just do some, some quick, easy meals. And so I'm going to prune that out of my life. It doesn't mean that you know, the next month, I'm not going to start doing all our home cooked meals again. It just means for that one little season that I know that's busy, that I'm going to give myself grace that I can't do everything. And I'm going to have to choose what I can do well. And for me, I want to be able to, to read bedtime stories with my kids or to be available with them. So that's something as a mom of a small child, I have a one-year-old who makes sometimes it's challenging to cook. Um, I'm just going to give myself grace. So I think we just have to take inventory, like you said, constantly taking inventory of, of what you can prune. And absolutely, it can be something big like saying, you know what, I can't, um, even though I'd love to serve on this committee, I can't. That's one way to prune, but also just the little things in our lives, such as um, what we, you know, our home preparation, we can also prune and give ourselves grace. Yeah, I appreciate that practical example. And I also just want to bring it back to the seasons piece because that ministered to me what you just said of the reminder that everything is a season. And I feel like that's one of the biggest lies that the enemy comes at us with when you're in maybe a particularly hard or challenging season is it's easy to kind of go in your mind, oh man, I'm always going to be in this season. Well, that's not true. Seasons come and they go and there's some seasons we might enjoy more than others. But then also I love how you mentioned that you know that on your farm, you guys have particular seasons that are really busy and that's okay because then there's going to come a season where maybe things lighten up a little bit and things aren't as busy. Um, I, I had an author on my podcast last year and she was saying how her book was on time, uh, Christy B. Wright. And she was saying how when she is was in book launch mode, something that she pruned was her hour long exercise. And she said, I know that might sound crazy, but she said, I still got up and did a 10 to 15 minute yoga video. So she was still moving her body but she wasn't hitting the gym for an hour or two like she had been before. And she just was like, you know what? That's okay. It's a season. I'm launching a book. I'm still moving my body. It may not be for the one to two hours like it was before, but at least I'm getting movement and I'm getting to really focus on this goal in this particular season. That's a great way to put it. I, I identify with that so much because I have a lot of times people will say, Sarah, I don't, and I think it, we look at all women like this. We say, I don't know how you do it all. And the honest ones, um, such as ourselves, because I know you value real talk so much. You're like, you know what? We don't do it all right. You know, sometimes when I have a book launch time, the laundry, the clean laundry, you know, I do wash it, but it's clean, but it's just piled up in our laundry room. And I don't have time to try to get everything where it needs to go. And um, we just have to give ourselves grace and realize that there are particular seasons that we just have to let some things go so that we can do other things well. 
Yeah. And I loved your example of the mealtime too, because that was me last year as I finished up grad school. There was a season in there where my family was eating things that I honestly didn't think I would ever serve them. Uh, maybe <laughs> I didn't break off some pride. You know, I was doing some frozen lasagnas and, uh, and I'm thinking though, you know what? They're still getting fed. I still gave them some vegetables. Like I made a salad with dinner, you know, at least. So they got some vegetables in their life. Um, but it did. It was like, I didn't have time to sit there and cook for hours in the kitchen. And so throwing in a frozen lasagna was what I could do and what I could bring to the table at that that season. And so I loved that practical piece. And like you said, yes, I'm all about real talk. I think more women need to know we don't always serve, you know, gourmet from scratch meals and we don't always get two hours of workout in every day. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, okay. Well, anything else you want to say about spring? Because we kind of we started getting into it. I I love so much, and I, I just felt like I need to repeat it. You said it a second ago, and I just want to say it again, that um, you say we have to cut a little to grow a little. And I just really love that visual illustration of it is scary sometimes to cut off things in our life or cut back on certain things, but that promise to grow with it is just so great. And um, what is what do you feel like growth looks like for you? So growth for me would look like, um, so for my own spiritual life, when I look at the Bible and it talks about, you know, being a Christian and that we are going to grow and we're going to bloom for him and we're going to be the light. And we wonder, you know, what exactly is that? And as I study, I just find that the, when we bear the fruit for him, when we bear the fruit of, of patience and, and love and joy, all of those things, when I find that I am kind of close to the roots of God, that those attributes just come a little bit more natural for me. I don't know if, if you feel the same way, but when I am close to God, those attributes of um, the spiritual fruit do come easier to just kind of naturally exude. And so that's growth for me is being able to just be a better person in my day-to-day -day life with the day-to-day -day people that I come in contact to with, with my family, with my friends, with people I see, you know, being able to just have the capacity when I'm checking out at the grocery store to, to look the person in the eye and thank them instead of just, you know, being stressed out and looking at my phone. So I think for me, spiritual growth is just growing closer to Jesus so that I can be more Jesus-like to those that I come in contact with. I really like how you brought this back around to growth about our spiritual life, because I think sometimes it's easy for us to think about growth that's maybe, you know, some big opportunity arising or something. And I'm not saying anything against open doors and everything that that's awesome, but I can relate so much. I just, um, I had a couple weeks, I guess really about a month off here in over the, over the holiday break. And I found it so amazing, exactly like you said, the ability I had to respond to my children. I'm thinking of one particular incident where I had a hard situation with one of my kids and I was thinking my response in that situation was actually filled with fruits of the spirit, not because I'm so amazing, but because I was in a place, a season of rest. You know, I was in a season where I was growing spiritually. And so my response was able to be more covered in grace and love rather than explosion, you know, rather than just yes. like, no, forget, you know, just like what in the world? And so, um, yeah, I just saw that firsthand of, wow, this is what happens when I give myself that space to rest, to come back to the Lord, to 
pull away things that are separating me from him. Then when these things arise in my life, because these things do arise in our life, we're all humans. um, I am able to respond in a way that I know honors the Lord, but also really cultivates then my household and my children and, and, you know, the people that I've been entrusted with. I think that's so great because I I find that myself as well. When I do take the time to rest and to be in the Lord, that my response is going to be better. And like you said, not because I'm some superhuman mom and my kids will tell you that I do not always react well. So let's not pretend that my reactions are always just the, the most wonderful things in the world, but it is easier when I'm growing in that way. Yeah. Okay, so real quickly, let's talk about summer and fall. What do you notice there in the natural and in the spiritual? So in the summertime for us, it's just when everything is blooming. And it is just so much fun to see the corn come to harvest, to see all the leaves on the trees and their, you know, gorgeous green colors, the flowers blooming, to see how the bees are out, you know, taking in the nectar of the flowers and then they're going out and they're helping the crops flourish. So to just see how everything interconnects when God's world is in bloom, how it's just working in tandem with each other. And I love that. I love seeing that and experiencing it. And I think in the summertime, one of my favorite things is to just savor the season. I think there's so much to savor in summertime when we get to go out and look at the stars of the sky, when we get to, you know, if you're, if you get to live in an open space and hear the fireflies at night, when we just, all of our senses, I feel like we can feel in the summertime and God's presence and, and what our creator has created. That must be why I love summer so much. <laughs> the blooming. And, no, I, I definitely agree. Other than obviously just the warm weather and flip-flop season. I love that. Uh, I but yeah, but everybody loves that. I like you go from br- uh, pruning to blooming. Okay, so how about fall? So fall is definitely the time when, um, you know, a lot of people, a lot of farms are in their pure on harvest time. And I know for a lot of farm wives, especially out in the West and the Midwest, it can be brutal because you're gone all the time. Your husband's gone all the time. And um, it's, but it's a time where you get to really rejoice in the fruits of your labor. You get to bring in the, the soybeans and the corn and the wheat, and you get to see what you planted months and months ago. You got to watch it just have this tiny sprout. Then you got to watch it bloom. And now it's time you get to harvest. And in the natural world, I think we get to see that come to play. And in the spiritual world, we get to really understand what God's talking about in the harvest. When we get to be fellow workers in the harvest, to throw out the seeds and to help other people um, learn how they can bloom for God and come alive in him. And then at that time of heaven, we're going to all be sharing together in the harvest of, of all of God's people. Yeah. You get to rejoice in the fruits of your labor. That is, that is a fun season. So do you have a favorite season? I'm a summer girl, totally 100% a summer. I love all the seasons, but summer, just as you mentioned a few minutes ago, flip flops, the water, and everything coming alive, just kind of like the, the late nights where you get to sit out under the stars. That's 100% a summer. Yay. Um, Okay. So I have one more fun question for you. Throughout your book, you include some different recipes. What's your favorite go-to recipe when you need to take a dish somewhere? Oh, that's a great question. So I am not like this 
pioneer woman of cooking or anything. The book, I've gathered tons of recipes of my friends and family, family favorites, but my favorite dish in there is my sister-in-law's honey bun cake. Mm. And it is super easy to make with cake mix and you have cinnamon and it's just like the perfect dish for you to take when you need to, you know, take it somewhere. And um, it goes great with coffee in the morning for breakfast. You can have a savory treat. So it's great for dinner or it's great for, you know, leftover for breakfast. So I love Gretchen's honey bun cake in the book. You had me at cinnamon and honey bun, Mm -hmm. all my favorite things. Yeah, I thought that was such a fun addition in the book. The recipes sprinkled throughout. Those were really fun. Uh, Okay, so before we get off of here, I would love for you to tell the listeners where they can connect with you, of course, where they can get the copy of the book and anything else fun that you have going on. Yeah, so you can connect with me. My website is allamericanmom.net. I'm also on Facebook at Sarah Philpot Writes and on Instagram at Sarah L. Philpot. And my book, The Newest One, The Growing Season, A Year of Down on the Farm Devotions, which has 52 devotions. So it's just short, accessible devotions, one for every week of the year that some are fun, some are poignant, but they're all designed to really just draw you closer to the Lord. You can get it wherever books are sold. And I'm also doing something fun this year, Rachel that anybody can join anytime just hop on over to my social media and I'm I'm doing a live video each week about the devotion and then I'm also just like you know shooting out content that relates to the reading that we're doing so that everybody can join together or you can even just you know read the content and um, just think further about what's going on in your season of your life. Perfect. Well, all of those links will be in today's show notes, uh, wherever you listen to your podcast, as well as on my website. So definitely go check all of that out. I just really loved our conversation today, Sarah, and I appreciate you taking the time to come on and chat with our listeners. Oh, thanks so much, Rachel. I enjoyed talking to you as well. Thank you so much. Well, it is time for Let's Get Real Practical. This is the part of the show where we take the topic discussed with today's guest, and we get into some practical steps that you can implement into your life right now. Today's segment is going to lay the groundwork, no pun intended, for our March talk therapy sessions all about growth. So have you ever found yourself frustrated in a particular area of your life over and over again? Maybe there's a relationship that seems stuck, or perhaps you just can't quite reach your goal in a specific area. Now, many times our lack of growth in an area is because we aren't being intentional about planting seeds and then watering them regularly so they can grow. Now, I felt God say that he wants to bring growth in March. I mentioned that in the intro. I'm going to mention it again. You're going to hear me talk about it all all March. But here's the deal. I love when God speaks a word because it is just amazing to me how I can be putting all my effort into an area trying to get it to grow and nothing changes. Can you relate to that? Man, that's frustrating. You know, you almost just feel like that we've heard this and we've seen this and experienced it where you feel like you're beating your head against a brick wall. But something amazing happens when God says, okay, it's time to grow. All of a sudden, those same efforts that we were putting forward, sometimes less effort, things just start to shift. And we start to see growth. And so I'm excited about it because I I just felt so strongly that God said the word is grow. Now, for some of you, it's going to mean um, new seeds that you need to plant. 
right? So some areas, some of us, God's going to say, hey, I want to bring growth, but that's going to take you planting new seeds. For others, it's going to be seeds that you feel like you've been watering day after day after day, but you have not seen anything sprout up yet. Get excited because the time for growth is here. In fact, I feel so strongly about this in my spirit. I hope you can hear it in my voice. I feel like this is a prophetic word for some of you. So please receive this because this is from God. This is not from Rachel. This is from the Lord. All right. So I have two questions for us to ask to really set the stage for what's to come in this growth series that we're going to do in those talk therapy sessions. Here's the first one. I want you to ask God, what area do you want to grow in my life in March? And this could be something he says for March and, and on through the rest of the year. But just ask him, what area do you want to grow? And then let's ask God, God, what responsibility do I have in that growth? I love partnering with the Lord because he makes our part light and easy. The hardest part about our piece of it is obedience. 100%, we just have to be obedient. We just have to be willing to do the thing that God asks us to do. It usually isn't heavy. It usually isn't something that is outside of what we are actually able to do. But I love whenever God just says, hey, if you'll just be obedient and take this tiny little step of faith, he will take that thing further and wider and deeper than we ever could have dreamed or imagined. Now, this next part before we go here today is really important. I need you to write down whatever you felt that he said to you. If you are a pen and paper kind of person, go ahead and do it there. Uh, I love to keep notes running in my phone because I am a pen and paper gal, but I rarely have it with me, but I do always have my phone, so I'll keep a running note of things God has said to me. And then I want you to be expectant for the growth that is about to come. Here's the verse that God has put strongly on my heart for this particular growth series. Isaiah 43, 19. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Oh my goodness, I'm excited, friends. Hey, let me end us today with just a quick prayer of submission to the Lord and what he wants to do here in this area, and then we will be done. So Father, we thank you that you are the God of growth. We thank you that you can take us places in all the areas of our life that only you can take us. You can bring dreams to pass in ways only you can do. You can bring breakthrough in ways only you can bring. So God, we just submit to you right now. And we thank you that you let us partner with you on this growth path. Please bring to mind any area of our life that you would love to see some growth in this month. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, well, that's it for today. Be sure to tune in next Monday morning for our first talk therapy episode in the growth series. I pray this Real Talk episode brought you one step closer to living free and pursuing your God-given dreams. I'll see you back here next time on Real Talk with Rachel.